Going the distance yesterday um, at the Indianapolis 500, uh, without doubt uh, the most famous motor race uh, worldwide. It's the one that's best known. And uh, yesterday it uh, was uh, the 107th edition of said race, and a race where the final 15 laps took more than an hour, yes, an hour to complete, uh, including uh, a first-time winner, Joseph Newgarden, getting up, which was uh, a great a romantic story in itself. There were some frightening scenes, though. There often is at motor racing throughout, including uh, a little bit of uh, tragedy of narrowly averted when a tyre went hurtling over the barriers to uh, hit a parked car and missed the spectator stands. Ultimately, it came down to a last lap dash for the spoiled new guard and got the best of it. Uh, for the Kiwi contingent, two of them, Scott Dixon and Scott McLaughlin, finishing 6th and 14th, respectively. Now, we spoke to Nick Yeoman, um, who is an indie man, uh, about a month ago, and uh, we talked about uh, this race coming up. Uh, yesterday, Nick was uh, on track calling, and uh, it's great for him to uh, be available to us again this morning. Nick, thank you for your time. Morning, how are you? I'm really good. Um, I've got to ask how you are, though. Um, uh, you know, commentating a, a sport, a sporting event um, at the best of times can be quite exhausting. You don't quite realise until half an hour afterwards, but... How hard is it when you've got to fill so much time uh, with yellow flags, red flags, etc., debris being removed from the track, as opposed to calling the action? Yeah, it, uh, it it's definitely a bit of a challenge. There's there is no doubt. And yesterday was uh, an Indianapolis 500. <clears throat> excuse me. Unlike uh, unlike any we have seen, and uh, you know, IndyCar decided to to make some. I, I think what is is being deemed as controversial decisions with. The red flags, they wanted to do everything they could to try to assure a green flag finish. But uh, it did take kind of the natural flow that we see for motor racing events and kind of stuffed it in the in the trash can. And, and it turned it into uh, what was a bit of a demolition derby at the end, uh, which you never like to see. Uh, but it is the Indianapolis 500. Those guys were driving as as hard and as fast as they could because it is, as you mentioned, the, the greatest motor race uh, in the world. So it got a little crazy. It got a little wild. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, we were rewarded with, uh, I think, a pretty exciting finish and, and a fantastic winner in Joseph Newgard, who's been trying for so many years to get this done. It was uh, amazing because uh, with about 15 laps to go, it was looking like it would come to a, a fairly natural conclusion in terms of uh, driving skills and speed, etc. And then, of course, uh, Felix uh, Rosenfist uh, hit the wall and Kyle Kirkwood at the same time, and that uh, sparked all sorts of problems. What happened there? Yeah, so uh, I mean, obviously, you know, we get down to the last 15, 20 laps, and everybody's pushing hard, and and uh, and Joseph Newgarden, the eventual winner, actually made a pass on the outside, right in turn one, where I was uh, where I was stationed, going around the outside of Felix Rosenquist, and at the end of the race, nobody wants to lift, nobody wants to give an inch, and Felix kind of kept his foot in the throttle, and the car just drifted up and and got a little sideways and hit the wall, and when he spun down to the bottom of the racetrack. The natural force drove, drove him back up the track where he clipped Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, the scariest part was that it sheared off the left rear tire for Kyle Kirkwood. Now, IndyCar has tethers attached to all the tires to try to avoid this thing. Uh, but uh, clearly something went spectacularly wrong 
Kirkwood hit the wall. He flips upside down. He he slides and, and grinds along the racetrack. He was perfectly okay. But the scary part was indeed that tire going up into the air. Uh, and, and thank goodness that it didn't get into the grandstands because IndyCar has seen – we haven't seen it in a long time, uh, but we've seen what those tires can do. And and uh, and, and certainly it's it's it can be tragic. But uh, we, we dodged a bullet with that accident for sure. Glad to see both drivers walk away. And, and again, thankfully that tire didn't get in the grandstands. But I know IndyCar is going to do everything they can to look into it and make sure that something like that doesn't happen again. But it's also part of motor racing that we know uh, you can make these cars and, and the situations as safe as possible but it's never going to be 100%. And I think we witnessed that yesterday. And can you tell us, um, the uninitiated over here, uh, why um, they continue to take uh, laps off during stoppages, uh, particularly when it gets down to maybe a last 10 lap situation? Um, Is that because of time constraints or what have you, or is that just written into the regulations as such? Well, I mean, that's the thing. The, The rule book gets a little little fast and quick and and maybe you know a little up in the air with with what you can do they just want to assure that we have a 200 mile per hour chase to the start finish line so um ultimately indycar decided after the three last crashes that instead of just driving around at caution speed and uh, and bringing the, the the race winner across the finish line in an anticlimactic way they'd stop the race and and apparently there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't necessarily do that it's it's probably more geared towards entertainment and less towards the natural rules of sport um and and that's kind of what's created the controversial through a lot of indycar fans right now um so it's you know i i i, I see it both ways i want a great finish uh, and I, I don't want to have to watch cars drive around at caution speed, but at the same time, the more times you red flag a race and the more times that you restart it, I think the chance of having a spectacular crash and, and the risk of somebody getting injured goes up. So uh, I think IndyCar played it a little risky yesterday. It, it paid off. They got a great finish and nobody got hurt, but there was certainly that inherent risk and they towed the line, I think, to a degree. There are a lot of drivers who have had a crack at this without success. Uh, there are some very well-performed drivers who, uh, when they win it, it is for the first time and the only time. Scott Dixon's one of those at the moment. But uh, that uh, now is the case for Joseph Newgarden. Tell us a wee bit about Joseph Newgarden. Very recognisable name in the sport. Yeah, so he is, uh, when he came to the sport uh, 12 years ago, he was kind of, deemed as the great American prospect. I mean, he just uh, really shined over in Europe, shined on the Indy Lights uh, feeder series, and and really was just this polished, clean-cut American kid with a great sense of humor, great personality, and everybody liked him immediately. And very quickly, he he started competing for race wins and winning races. He moved to Team Penske, which is, uh, you know, the dominant team in the sport. He won two championships, but there was a glaring hole on his resume, and that was an Indianapolis 500 win. And we came into this year, and it was year number 12 uh, for Joseph Newgard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And there are only two drivers. Uh, had ever won the Indianapolis 500 uh, with with more starts under their belts than 12 than Joseph Newgard. One of those was Tony Kanaan, who was also uh, at 12 starts. So uh, it had been a while. He had struggled at this racetrack, but finally put it all together. And, uh, and I think that's what it made for such an emotional win. He got out of the race car when he when he won the race, and he jumped into the grandstands to uh, to celebrate with the fans. So it was kind of a a weight off of his shoulders type of victory yesterday for uh, the driver from Tennessee here in the United States. Nice finish for the AJ Foyt racing team. 
Yeah, no, that was a fantastic story, right? I mean, Santino Ferrucci uh, really breathed a lot of life into that group. And uh, it's been a rough month for A.J. Foyt, one of the legends of the sport, a four-time race winner. He won this race as a car owner as well back in the 90s. He lost his wife, Lucy, uh, a few months ago. So he wasn't even sure that A.J., uh, that he was even going to come to the racetrack in the month of May. But with his cars, uh, both Santino Ferrucci and the rookie Benjamin Peterson showing so much speed, I knew we couldn't keep A.J. away from the racetrack. And I'm telling you, when Santino Ferrucci took the lead at about the midway point of the race, uh, that's as loud as I've heard the crowd get at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in many, many years. Ultimately ended up third, and Santino was in tears because of how close he was. But it was certainly a feel-good story to see that organization, who usually doesn't run up front and contend for a lot of race wins in IndyCar, for them to have a strong result, I, I think was a really nice story. Could you tell us a wee bit about uh, the performance of our two drivers, of course, Scott Dixon uh, for uh, Chip Ganassi and uh, Scott McLaughlin for Team Penske. Of, of course, uh, Team Penske were jubilant because uh, that's when New who Newgarden drives for as well. So a good day for Penske. Um, and Ganassi are always prevalent as well. But Dixon and McLaughlin. Yeah, we'll start with McLaughlin because I thought he had uh, probably more of the, the, the invisible day of the two drivers just kind of settled in between you know anywhere from 10th to 18th for most of the day uh this was was scott mclaughlin's third indianapolis 500 and i i don't know if 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 scott necessarily has a feel for this racetrack uh quite like he needs to really contend for a race win he's been spectacular just about everywhere else we go but we only go to a couple super speedway major ovals like this so it's going to take some time i mean he can look at his teammate joseph newgard winning in his 12th attempt it may take a few more years for McLaughlin. So he kind of settled into a, I'd say a mediocre 14th place finish. Dixon had the interesting day because he started up front and during the first 30 laps, they had a tire unbalanced somehow that was rattling that car like crazy. And he free falled through the field uh, all the way outside of the top 20. They made a pit stop and then in true Scott Dixon fashion, just marched his way right back up into contention into the sixth position. And, and listen, if this the Indy 500 was another 50 to 100 miles, Scott Dixon might have won the race because he was coming. But uh, still a hard charged and well-earned sixth place finish for Scott Dixon, despite uh, dealing with quite a bit of adversity throughout the day. A non-finish for uh, uh, Pato Award, but um, of course uh, he still re remains third on the standings at the moment. Boy, that was drama-filled as he looked to uh, make it a spectacular finish, and he's becoming a very popular young driver. Oh, he really is. I mean, he had the lead with uh, a final restart with eight laps to go and got passed by two drivers. It was Erickson and Newgarden. And then going down the back straightaway on that lap, I think Pato kind of panicked and thought, I've got to get back to second so that you can have this late race duel uh, between the top two drivers because it was so much easier with the aerodynamics for second to pass first than it was for third to, to pass second due to just aerodynamic and dirty air. So Pato panicked a little bit going into turn number three, really drove it up the inside on Marcus Erickson, couldn't make it stick, and uh, did a 360 and slapped the wall. So it was, uh, again, a, a not finished for Pato Award, but he was very fast, and he's another guy that I think in the coming years, Ian, he's going to be in contention to win one of these races. Nick, uh, right, let's look at the points table where Alex Palau is still out in front, got a 20-point lead over Ericsson, O'Ward at 185, then Newgarden, Scott Dixon 162, McLaughlin 149, Rossi 145. So uh, where are we head next? 
Well, we're heading up to the uh, the Motor City of Detroit, which is going to be a very interesting race because for the last several years, uh, that's been raced on the island of Belle Isle. Now it moves to a downtown street circuit uh, in Detroit, so it's a brand new racetrack. Nobody's raced there, and uh, thus I think this points championship could change quite a bit with nobody having a feel for the race uh, or, or what to expect from the track. And, and certainly, as well, as we head to these summer months, this is when I expect some of the veterans of the sport to start clawing back into the championship. Uh, Palo and Erickson have done a great job through the first five or six races, but I wouldn't be surprised if Newgarden or even Scott Dixon, maybe even McLaughlin, get hot, string together a couple wins, and uh, make this points championship a lot of fun and very tight headed through the summer. Massive crowds, massive crowds throughout the whole week and the build-up and the preparations, etc. We've just had an issue of uh, crowd behaviour here on a lot smaller scale than uh, in terms of the crowd, but uh, it's been a hot topic because um, it interrupts the sport, of course, and it's just a pain in the neck, uh, to be perfectly honest, as well as quite dangerous. Uh, what about crowd behaviour at an event like uh, <laughs> the Annapolis 500? There are a lot of very passionate motor racing fans there. Um, does the, the nature of the event just overtake all that sort of stuff? I, I think so. I think even for those that show up to the Indianapolis 500, and there's a lot. We're looking at you know estimates of 300,000 to 325,000. I mean, it's, it's the largest single-day sporting event uh, that we have in the world. There's a lot, listen, a lot of people drinking and having a good time and, and maybe you know unaware of their, uh, their situation. But I think by and large, there's enough people there that kind of respect the event to keep it in check. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway does a really good job with heightened security uh, just because there's so many people there that they really take the precautions. Uh, you're right. I mean, one of these days it, it may spill over into to a situation. But uh, as far as I heard, Ian, no issues yesterday at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. There's a massive cleanup going on right now because of all the, the tailgaters leave behind quite a mess. Uh, that uh, the Speedway always does a great job of having that place look spotless in the matter of 48 hours. But, uh, yeah, no, no complaints and, and no issues yesterday from the massive crowd. Nick, great, absolutely great report. Um, great for you to uh, join us again this morning and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you again at some stage. Uh, outstanding result for Joseph Newgarden, and thank you for your time. Uh, certainly was. My friend, have a fantastic week.